Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is time for our favorite interview that we do every week. It is on Mondays. It is with Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. As, as we said, you can find her work over on The Athletic. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I hope you enjoyed your weekend following the Cardinals in Seattle. How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. How are you? Nice to be uh, coming to you live from the Bay Area. Always a fun road trip of mine on Get to go home, see some friends, watch some baseball in the ballpark I grew up going to. And uh, Cardinals certainly showed a, a nice bit of a turnaround yesterday. Hopefully, uh, for the fans' sake and for their sake, they can keep it up. I know that you're obviously a little biased given the fact that it is your hometown, but is San Francisco your favorite park to visit in Major League Baseball? Um, oh, this is a good question. I love Oracle Park. I think it is gorgeous. I think it is beautiful. I also think it is freezing cold in April, <laughs> so it does lose some points for me there. Um, but it's definitely top two or three just for the views. And I think the nostalgia and of course my family and friends come out. So I always joke to my editor who also is in the Bay area. Uh, Hey, I'm going to try really hard to get some stuff done, but, um, I have a lot of temptations and of course that does not fly. So as a follow-up on that, what, what else is in that team picture? Like what, what are the other ballparks that are can't miss for Katie Wu? Petco park for sure. In San Diego, uh, there's, it's just a, a gorgeous stadium, and the weather is always great. Wrigley, if you've never caught a game at Wrigley, I know uh, Cardinals-Cubs, it's just an electric atmosphere, but I just love the, the history of Wrigley Field and, uh, of course, Fenway. I went to Fenway for the first time last summer. I'm really looking forward to going again, but definitely three super special ballparks right there. All right, Katie, that was the good. Now we get to the bad. Um, what's going on <laughs> with the Cardinals? Why can't they win? Why can't they find a way to play more about, consistent PK? baseball? I, I don't understand this team. I, I continue to believe that they're a good team. I continue to believe they're going to win the NL Central. And then yet I watch all of the games and they don't look right now like a team that's going to win the NL Central. H- how do you how do you place your finger on what's gone wrong for this team so far this season? Yeah, I'm continuously confused watching this Cardinals team because when you look at them and you look at the talent they have on paper and the names and how they can construct their lineup and all the depth that they have, I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is probably the most overall talented team the Cardinals have put out on paper in the last four to five years. And they cannot find a way to win more than two games in a row. They have not been able to find any consistency. And it's not like one place has been lacking more than the other. It it seems, you know, when the pitching is great, the offense isn't. When the offense is struggling, the pitching is over here giving up a ton of runs, too. It's so perplexing to watch this team because I think everyone can agree they are a lot better than how they've played. They just haven't been able to figure out how to win consistently. And it's not like this team is coming in with a ton of, of new players, with a ton of lack of experience. I mean, there are guys that have been on this team and playing in this organization and playing baseball for years and years that, you know, there's a group of proven winners and April certainly has not gone off to a good start. I think they're hopeful that they can write their own ship against the Giants team that's struggling in their own ways. 
but yeah, certainly when you look at the first three weeks of baseball, it's not at all what I think anyone envisioned the Cardinals looking like. Katie, we've uh, heard a ton of Cardinals fans already today talking and complaining about the leadership style of Ali Marmol and questioning his management. Surprise, surprise. Who would think that could happen? Uh, what would you say uh, or how would you view Ali Marmol's job early on this season? I think anytime the team is struggling, it's human nature to put it on the manager, especially when, the again, we think about the players that are on the Cardinals roster. I think that is not necessarily a problem specific to the Cardinals, but just what happens in sports. If a team is underperforming, it's easy to go and blame the manager or blame the coaching staff. Um, but I don't think there's any kind of jeopardy regarding Ollie's job at all. Um, I know we're getting really tired of hearing it. I'm tired of saying it. When I say that it's early in the season, it's only been a few weeks, it's a long season, et cetera, et cetera, all the cliches. But I don't think there's any question about his leadership style. There certainly wasn't last year. He's managing the exact same way. It's just a really unfortunate slump that the Cardinals are in, especially to start the season. I actually thought Ollie described it pretty well earlier last week when he said part of the reason why people have been so disappointed and frustrated from a fan perspective is because it was early in the season. And the Cardinals did have a great spring. And you had all these guys coming back from the World Baseball Classic. You were excited about what the year could look like. And they came out super flat and super inconsistent. So, yes, by, by human nature, that looks like to be a mark on the manager. But from an internal perspective, there doesn't seem to be any issues with Ollie Marmel. Again, it's just kind of this, this hard-to-explain lack of consistent rut the Cardinals are in right now. Katie, I, part of this is just Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt haven't been hitting for power. And I can't totally explain that one either. We've had some people on the text line that have said that Nolan Arnato looks hurt and he's not finishing his swing. I, I don't know if I've really noticed that. I think he looks mostly fine. He looks frustrated. Um, but he has one extra base hit in his last 10 games. You look at Paul Goldschmidt in his last seven games. He has one game where he hit four extra bases. Are you seeing anything from those guys? Have you heard anything about those guys? Is this just like a weird slump that they're in right now? How do you explain it for those two players in particular? Yeah, that's funny because I was watching the games over the weekend and I thought to myself, like, when did the Cardinals become a singles-only team? Um, where it just feels like everyone is only hitting for singles and maybe that's some of the problems that, we, or that we've seen with their lack of ability to score with runners in scoring position. And it seems like the power, unless your name is Nolan Gorbin, is down across the charts and... I think Paul Goldschmidt always starts a little slow in April. Uh, he did last year. Again, that worked out just fine for him by the end of the year. It is a little bit perplexing to see Nolan come out and not really hit for the power like he's, he's used to, but I don't think there's anything there. I think it's just, again, whatever like hex or curse was put on the Cardinals before the season, it's really working because you look at every single area and it's just so perplexing on why things aren't going well and why things aren't, you know, projecting how they should on paper. So I don't think of anything going on with Goldie or Nolan Arenado. If you Cardinals fans do want um, some optimism, those two guys absolutely raked against San Francisco during their tenure in the NL West. Um, if there's one team that the bats are going to come alive for, for Goldschmidt and Nolan, it is the Giants. Um, so if we don't see any home runs or doubles or extra base hits from them at, during the series, then I think we can panic a little bit. But no, nothing too serious at all for those two, I don't think. Katie, we call that the BKO because BK comped this team to the 2004 Cardinals team at the beginning of uh, spring training. So we call that the BKO effect as to what's going on right now. It hasn't worked, though, on Nolan Gorman, who he tried to trade last season, Katie. <laughs> Nolan Gorman has been <laughs> raking this season, and we saw him get bumped up into the lineup yesterday. Could we? Could that be a regular occurrence with one of the hottest hitters on this team right now? 
You know, that's a good question. I just love the BKO effect. Anytime, don't we all, Katie? Unless it works time. against you. I, I don't. I don't love it at all. It's not fun <laughs> for me. Um, I think so. I, I mean, when you look at Nolan Gorman, I don't think it's any question in terms of most consistent hitter for the Cardinals right now. I think that's him. The dude that's really locked in, that can really hit for power, and that's part of the reason why the Cardinals were so hesitant to trade him in a certain deal that could have happened around the trade deadline that we won't mention for a, an outfielder that perhaps used to play for the Nationals. That's now batting but, below 200 this season. Against Harper? Weird. Baseball's weird. But um, when you have a lefty hitter that is still so moldable, like Nolan Gorman's only 22 years old. I forgot about that. I, I just feel like, you know, all these guys are they're so, so young and still have so much molding and potential. But when you have a guy that is young and has that ability to hit from the left-hand side, and profile for 30 homers a year, you hold on to that talent and you ride through the ruts, especially through his rookie year as he's all about adjusting. Um, and, and you keep him and you see what you got. And I think what the Cardinals have right now is another option that they can put in the 2 3 4 area of their lineup. Um, Goldschmidt in 2021 hit from the two side or the two hole throughout the second half of the season. I know Goldschmidt likes hitting fourth and Contreras prefers to hit fifth, but I like Gorman in the third hole against certain lineups. And I think that that's uh, another one of the many many uh, lineup combinations that Ollie Marmel could use, but certainly if Nolan Gorman can keep this up and all signs indicate that he can, I could easily see him going higher in the lineup. We're talking to Katie Wu of The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Give her a follow on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, we got to get to the topic that everybody, of course, is discussing after his game yesterday, and that's Paul DeYoung. Three <laughs> for four in his return to the lineup, hit a home run, and I know every Cardinals fan was thrilled to see it for him. Are we going to see Paul DeYoung regularly in this lineup? What do you expect his role to be now that he's back with the big league club? I would expect Paul DeYoung's playing time to kind of mirror what Ollie Marmel has done with the outfield. And it's funny because I think there's a lot of uh, frustration over what outfielder is sitting and, and there's no kind of like, you know, if you see a, a three person outfield on Friday, you are not seeing that same outfield the next day. That's just kind of, What's going on with all the combinations? I think that that was the same thing that Ollie will do with the middle infield. Um, a bat that you can't take out of the lineup right now is Gorman, like we talked about. So whether that's DH or second base, you know, he's kind of a lock there. Tommy Edmond was a fine shortstop. He's a good shortstop, actually. But his better position is still second base, so there's kind of a log jam there. What are you going to do with Brendan Donovan, who seems to be like the versatile, he can do everything role, while still finding consistent playing time for Paul? Um, you can't. So I think there's going to be a lot of rotating pieces for those guys, those four. But certainly if Paul DeYoung can continue hitting, and I know it's only been one game, so we don't want to sound the alarms and and do the whole, oh my gosh, 2019, he's back. But he certainly looks good in that first game. We'll give him a couple of weeks. And I think throughout the next couple of weeks, it will dictate what the Cardinals think about their middle infield, the different kind of variations they can do with their hybrid players in between the infield and the outfield. But I would expect the playing time for the middle infield, especially Paul, to, again, fluctuate and resemble what Ollie Marmel's doing with the outfield. Well, well Katie, speak- in other words, no consistency. Oh it's yeah. Okay. Which is spot on probably with all of this, but the, the other player that Tanner was on board with last week of being back. And I officially joined that after his start yesterday was Jack Flaherty. Are you at the point with Jack Flaherty where maybe the doubt is behind you? Yes. Um, and I know that it's it's hard because the pitching in its own way has just been really hard to get behind. I mean, what Jack's start yesterday, which he looks great, nine strikeouts, six innings. That was a quality start. It's been a minute since we've seen one of those. Um, but I think especially as Jack continues to find his groove and, and where he's able to kind of shed that I was hurt for the past two years narrative, 
we're seeing more and more on what the Cardinals are banking on. I think his next start, which will be Friday in L.A., it'll have been almost two years since he suffered that oblique strain at Dodger Stadium. I don't know. I can just feel it building as I think a, a season-turning start for Jack. He certainly looks to have all of the pieces the Cardinals were hoping for that he was hoping for. After his first two starts, he looked incrementally better each time. I thought yesterday was his best time out, was able to get through that rough second inning and settle down for the rest of the outing. Um, Certainly encouraging. Obviously, Miles Michaelis' year hasn't gone off to the start that he wanted. So, to have Jack be able to do that, I think it's uh, I think it's almost time to get back on the clarity train. All right, final question. We'll get you out of here on this one, Katie. Tomorrow, Jake Woodford is scheduled to start for the Cardinals. Bold prediction time from you. Is that his final start for the Cardinals this year? This year? Yeah. I'm going to go with no, just because he will spot start and he's more than capable of giving you five quality innings and giving you a chance to win. Um, I think it's probably his last start, this turn through the rotation. Adam Wainwright is more or less almost set to come back after one more rehab start. Of course, these things could change. It's always nothing's guaranteed coming back from injury, obviously. But I think even if Jake is the guy out of the rotation, which he likely is, when Adam comes back, we'll still see him pick up a spot start down the road. Um, That's kind of his role, right? That's six-man swing man he can kind of do whatever role that you need him to so no i know that does not mean i don't think matthew libertor is ever coming up i just would anticipate that woodford would get another start at some point throughout the rest of the season that's fair what were the returns just out of curiosity on on Wayno's rehab start did you hear anything on that i know the velocity was down a little bit and we talked a lot about that during the spring yeah you know velocity was uh, when you're going through a rehab start you're mostly working on okay can I finish my pitches? Do I have my arsenal back? What feels good? So I'm not too worried about the velocity. Um, we'll see it again on his next rehab start coming up this week. Oh, he's going on the road with Springfield. Um, but I would also, velocity readings in minor league ballparks aren't always the most uh, accurate. So I'll pump the brakes on the velocity check for now, but certainly something to keep an eye on, especially when he comes back. If he can throw 89-88 and spot the off-seed, that's all right. But if he's throwing 86 down the middle, that's not going to play. So yeah, turns we'll out see. that's bad. Yeah, turns out. Who Katie, thought? appreciate the time as always. We'll be reading your work over at The Athletic. We'll be following Katie Wu on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Enjoy yourself out in San Francisco. The Bay Area is always great this time of the year, I hear. We'll talk with you again next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.